0: I appreciate all of you being here, sticking around for uh, Bible class. I appreciate so much uh, Hiram for teaching the class uh, last Sunday. One of the key passages um, in what he covered um, was uh, James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also, to brow the whole body. And so, it was certainly a challenging message uh, for us to look at last week, and I appreciate Hiram for doing uh, such a good job with that. As we uh, left Bible class uh, this past Wednesday night, uh, we got up here um, to Smallwood and um, Broadway, and we were blocked by some police vehicles. Um, and um, we started looking. There was a whole bunch around, and we we weren't quite sure what went on. And then we saw later on the news uh, that it was an accident uh, with a police officer and another individual. Um, uh, later, found out that we had a teacher that was on uh, the way to Bible class um, at um, teacher at FCA, and. She has also seen the accident and stopped and um was just checking to see if everyone was okay. Uh, she attends the East Side congregation on smallwood, and um she she went on services later um, uh, the police pulled her out of uh Bible class and uh come to find out it was her husband and He ended up passing away uh, results of the accident and it it was not a big collision, um, but it was one of those things. He turned his head right at the point of impact and the airbag, actually called his uh, carotid artery, and just um, it was just one of those accidents um, right there. But a lot of our faculty gathered uh, last night and um, had a time of prayer, and we just ask that you uh, keep that uh, family uh, in your prayers. His name was John... Conrad and his wife Angie teaches preschool with us there but I ask that you think about them as we get into our thoughts for today one thing I ask you is to think of someone maybe outside this class that you consider to be wise what characteristics do they show the best what are some of those characteristics of someone that you think is wise? What What are some of those things, without cheating and looking at our passage here today, what are some of those characteristics of someone that is wise? Patient? Patient? They, think they, they think before they speak. That ties into uh, here in James 3, what Hiram covered um, uh, last week. What else? They make good decisions. They have knowledge. What now? Humble. They're humble. All right. They always have a biblical approach or a godly approach uh, to problems. What other characteristics of someone that's wise? Have confidence and assurance. And most of the time that comes from... Knowledge, but also knowledge of God's Word, several of these things tied in. What else? Have common sense. They try to find good in everyone. Healthy fear of the Lord. Good listener. All right, let's contemplate these things as we study our lesson today. Uh, Before we dive in, let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father, as we humbly come before you today, we realize, as we looked at last week, that we're imperfect, that we stumble in a lot of ways. Dear Father, as we look at your word today, help us to see how we can be more wise, that we can have the characteristics that you would want us to have. Help us to study your word today so that we leave here being stronger and better servants of yours. Our our prayer is that you would bless those that are hurting, that are uh, sick or suffering. And, dear Father, as we look around, it seems that there are a lot of that right now uh, in our world. Help us to be, as uh, was talked about in the last hour, help us to be uh, lights that care about people uh, that love you and love others. And it's through your Son's name that we pray. Amen. So let, let's look today in James chapter 3 we're going to start at verse uh, 13 and read through verse 18 and the passage today looks at uh, wisdom uh, that is from above and we're going to look at characteristics Of Someone that is wise. And some of these characteristics, as we'll see in verses 13 through 18, some of these characteristics are things that we should not have or somebody that is wise does not do these things. And then there are some things that uh, we see are characteristics of people that are wise. And so we want to consider both of those uh, things, make sure that we don't have the things that we shouldn't and uh, that we do have the things that we should and uh, try to work on those things. These are also things that are not just um, characteristics that you do one time and you've got it mastered. Uh, these are all characteristics that um, the best of us, if you could say that, uh, that we all need to work on uh, those things and the worst of us. Uh, we we all need to develop these characteristics, uh, if you will. So this is uh, sometimes maybe uh, an overlooked section of James, but one that we should uh, turn to. A lot of times we'll look at Proverbs as being uh, a passage that we look to uh, for uh, thoughts on being wise, and um, maybe we even skip over uh, some of those things. But these are characteristics that certainly we should uh, learn and and try to gather uh, from a little bit more. First of all, as we look at wisdom characteristics, we see that uh, someone that is wise meekly shows good works. Earlier in the book of um, in James, we looked at in verse in chapter two, verses fourteen through twenty-six. We looked at how uh, someone that is a Christian. Um, Someone that has faith is also someone that is doing, that is participating in good works, uh, that is doing those things. Um, If we look at uh, James chapter 1, verse 21, we're told, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So the idea is to... Uh, to receive with meekness the implanted word. The the reality is, in Romans one twenty there, is that we realize that we're all sin, uh, sinners, that we all have made mistakes, that we need to constantly put away uh, filthiness uh, from our minds, from our uh, actions, and we need to receive with meekness the implanted word. We need to constantly realize that we are... Humans, that the word comes from a perfect God who uh, expects us uh, to constantly uh, try to improve ourselves and, and to follow his word. And so we realize that uh, we're not perfect, and, and therefore there's no reason for us to be haughty or, or have an idea of better uh, than you um, th- that we should receive with meekness. In James chapter 2, we looked at uh, here a couple of weeks ago, verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me uh, your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And so the idea is that if we have faith, it's a, it must be an act of faith. We must be doing things. We must, um, If we truly believe in God, we're going to try to uh, be his instruments here in this world Uh, Just as Hiram talked about here in uh, the last hour, we need to care for those uh, other people. If we truly love God, uh, we're going to love other people, and we're going to be uh, people that are active. However, this passage in James 3 says that his good conduct or his good works, if you will, in verse 13 Is one that is in the meekness of wisdom. So it's not um, doing works for show. It's not doing works for our glory. It's uh, works for God's glory, for the spread of his kingdom. And that's uh, someone that is wise, is one that is meekly showing those good works. Not one that has this attitude of, look at me, I'm, I'm... Uh, a good christian but one that says you know i'm not perfect but i'm trying to serve god the best i can Um, so our first uh, thought here is that um, uh, someone that is wise is one that meekly shows good works also our second thought is uh, the person that is wise does not have jealousy and selfish ambition and he He mentions this idea basically twice in in these three verses, in 14 through 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, he mentions this twice here, there will be disorder in every uh, vile practice. Turn with me, if you will, over to Philippians uh, chapter 2. And there there's many passages that we could look at that kind of support this um, same idea. But one of his concepts here is um, that we should be meek, but it's also now not out of... Jealousy of others and selfish ambition. He's just covered a passage here how that if anyone can tame their tongue, they're a perfect man. So uh, that pretty much puts all of us on a level playing field uh, that uh, we're not perfect, uh, that there are times when we uh, slip up. But we also need to make sure that we're not doing things out of selfish ambition for our own glory or for our own prestige that um we um are are to be humble but also not be jealous of other people and where they are in their in their walk uh, or what they have what they do remember the context of um of this James has also said not to show partiality of not to people differently by how much money they have or what uh, what they uh, have here. So he's also ad- addressing this uh, idea and co- concept that we should not be jealous or have selfish ambition. Uh, if someone w- will read verses 1 through 4 of Philippians 2 there uh, for us. Just that. So I don't know if... Neil and Hiram are getting together and, and looking ahead at what we're studying and, and channeling their messages. But so many times what they have to say in, in the lesson it matches this. But I, I don't think of, um, you know, what was said earlier in this last hour is, is they didn't mention Philippians 2, unless I, it was one of those minutes I might not have caught it. Oh. Um, but it's the same concept. Here, this picture of the church, to be of the same mind, having the same love, being full accord of one in mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition, again, this is just like James here. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So again... The person that is wise does not have jealousy and selfish ambition. So back in uh, James three here, um, what we're what we're told is that if we do have jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Um, he also mentions In verse 14, do not boast and be false to the truth. It was mentioned earlier when asked what uh, characteristics of someone uh, being wise, Uh, one of the comments was be humble. And that's exactly what he's talking about here um, in verse 14, to do do not boast or be false uh, to the truth. Now, think back with me for just a second. Who wrote this book? James, and he was a leader in the church in which town? In Jerusalem. Now think back what happened in Jerusalem. Uh, was there a situation where someone boasted and was false uh, to the truth? What, remind me of the story. Who was the couple that boasted about their good works? and Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5. Uh, so the people he's writing this to, um, perhaps James was one of those right there. Perhaps some of the people he's writing to were some of those that were told were told in Acts 5 that they um, gathered them up. And um, buried basically the uh, uh, Ananias. And then later uh, we're told that the, the same ones were going to do that with Sapphira. So... Um James is writing uh, to some of these people that might have been in that same witness that same situation in Jerusalem if they weren't there to witness it, no doubt they heard about it. No doubt they thought about this about not boasting being false uh, to the truth, not do it for selfish ambition here, not do it for uh jealousy um, but um Verse seventeen says, "But the wisdom from above is first pure." So our next thought is is that wisdom, someone that's uh, or wisdom that's from above is pure. In other words, there's not impure motives, there's not impure intentions, and there's not impure desires. Um, you know, we're told uh, later. Um, in Chapter Four, we're going to get in that it's our desires that sometimes cause us to argue among us. Uh, we we saw earlier um, in James one verse fourteen that each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is given birth, uh, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and when his sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. So, again, um, wisdom that's from above is pure, doesn't have impure motives or um, desires. Uh, it's just someone basically wanting to serve God for the right reasons, just trying to serve God, not trying to get ahead, not trying to maneuver. Um, it's just someone that has pure motives. Has. Uh, Also, we see in verse 17 that wisdom that is from above is peaceable. Um, This is uh, the idea that uh, we refuse to participate in destructive arguments or imitate those that do. Um, In our Bible, um, just a few chapters um, previously in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 11, we're told, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it re- yields the f- peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The context of that is talking about father discipline his children and God discipline in us. And so uh, we're, we're told that what does that discipline produce? It produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. In other words, the more that we're trained by God, the more that we're disciplined by God, what's the end result? The more that we're wise, that uh, we're growing in wisdom, what's the end result? Here, we're told, is that it's peaceable. So if we're not peaceable, if we look at the opposite of that, where there's quarrels and where there's uh, things that are not peaceable, it means that we're not wise or we're not being trained by God, according to Hebrews 12. Um, so the end result of a Christian that is wise, that is growing, that is doing what God wants them to do, means that they're, um, is peaceable. Um, now, a little bit later, I hope we get into uh, chapter 4 here, he, he starts off, chapter 4, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you. And he's basically writing to um, uh, people that are having squabbles. Um, and so he's, he's talking about that. But he starts off saying, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. So if we look at, in our world, what, what creates more peace It's really more people there doing God's will, more people there being wise. That's what produces uh, peace. It's more people there looking out for others' interests rather than uh, themselves. Uh, People there are not uh, having jealousy and selfish ambition. Um, If we do those things, then we're peaceable. Next, we see in here um, in different. Versions approach this, um, next, uh, says gentle. Um, but also, uh, another concept is considerate here. Um, so the wisdom that's from up above is one that's always asking others about their pre- uh, preferences. Uh, back to that, uh, Philippians chapter 2 passage, one that's considering others, others before themselves. Um, Also, uh, we see uh, that uh, the wisdom from above is open to reason. Now, the ESV says uh, open to reason. I believe the New King James says willing to yield uh, there. Uh, But that means somebody that is showing respect uh, for uh, those that are in authority, uh, but they're willing to also uh, yield to other people, other preferences, um, we're going to see the big picture, as was talked about this last hour. We're, we're going to see some things just aren't worth squabbling about. Um, it's it's going to be yielding uh, to those things. Um, as Neil touched on a little bit last Wednesday night, uh, sometimes uh, there are things in the scriptures um, that do not impact uh, the world the function of the church the work of the church and sometimes we we squabble about those things if that squabbling means that we're diving into the scriptures and we're we're studying more and more that's a good thing or it can be a good thing but if those squabbles means uh, that instead of diving into the word more we're uh, focusing on other people and we're bickering then that's not a good thing. Um, So again, wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason. We're going to always be studying, willing to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be reasonable about this. I'm going to see your point of view. I might can learn something uh, from you. Uh, That, that is wisdom uh, from above. Also, uh, wisdom from above is full of mercy. And good fruits. Uh, we talked about mercy a little bit um, uh, previously, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember back in James 2, um, verses 12 and 13. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy uh, to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over uh, judgment. Again, if we want to receive mercy, because we realize we're not perfect, we have to show mercy uh, to others. Um, We want to have high uh, tolerance for the weaknesses of others. That doesn't mean we compromise the truth uh, at all, but it means that we're going to be understanding. Um, We're not going to be overbearing because we realize we're not perfect as well um that we all need to grow and we need to challenge and encourage others uh to improve and, and do what's right but we also need to um be merciful when people mess up and understand that uh we mess up as as well um also uh wisdom from above is uh, not only full of mercy also, uh, hand in hand with that is good fruits. Good fruits. Uh, those in, um, um, that work with kids know the, uh, can name, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. I won't ask you to sing the song, but if it's going through your mind, you know the song. Um, but in Galatians chapter five and, um, um, Neil and his uh, daily uh, email they sent out actually this morning uh, talked about uh, Galatians was one of the first uh, passages uh, written and so it, um, to the church. And so it, it makes sense that he would encourage them to have fruits of the Spirit. In verse um, 22 and 23, Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If you compare that list to what we're talking about, wisdom from above, there's a lot of similarity uh, there in that list and this one here. Full of mercy and good fruits. Of course, the opposite of someone that's wise is someone that's not showing good fruits, somebody, someone that's being uh, destructive. Also, we're told here, wisdom from above is impartial. Um, all, someone that's always willing to listen to both sides of the story. Remember James 2, verse 4, about not showing partiality. Um, so someone that's wise or someone that's practicing wisdom from above is one that's impartial. It's not going to draw lines um, uh, where... God doesn't want us to draw uh, those lines. And then also uh, here we're told, uh, kind of wrapping up verse 17, is wisdom from above is sincere. To me, this also goes uh, back to um, kind of the opposite of uh, verse 14 and 16. Uh, someone that is sincere does not have bitter jealousy, does not have selfish ambition. Uh, Someone that is sincere is always going to tell the truth, even when it's uncomfortable uh, to do so. I put down here Romans chapter 12, verse 9. We're told in that passage, and again, uh, we looked at today, this morning, about the concept of love, of loving God, uh, loving other people. In Romans chapter twelve, verse nine, we're told, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. This concept of not being um, without of being without hypocrisy is this idea of what James says here in, in James three, verse seventeen, of being sincere. And so if we're going to have wisdom from above, it's not going to be uh, one of hypocrisy. Um, in the in the difference is is not that we have this idea of um, we're saying one thing and doing another. It's this idea that we're not perfect. We're trying to do uh, what is right. Uh, we're trying to be sincere. I, I think of Paul that consider himself the chief of all sinners but we're also told that Paul uh, had lived in good conscience up to that point in time he knew he uh, he had messed up um, he was burned sometimes by the guilt of that but also the realization that he might make mistakes um, but he was sincere in what he did he tried to live in good conscience uh, toward God each and every day and hopefully Um, You know, we may be bothered by our sin, and we should be bothered by our sin and our mistakes. But we should also be encouraged when we're uh, sincere and trying to do what's right and trying to grow, trying to get better, trying to do better uh, this week than we did last week, uh, trying to do better today than we did yesterday. So uh, I apologize. i would written on your sheet. I have your sheet and my sheet, and they're very similar. Uh, they, they just had the blanks filled in. But I wrote, I meant to write on my sheet, um, when does righteousness show up in abundance? I wrote it on your sheet, so then I had to go back and uh, uh, write it on mine. But uh, when does righteousness, Was does uh, verse 18 say, when does righteousness show up in abundance? All right, by when it's sown in peace by those who make peace jesus said blessed are the peacemakers Uh, so uh, righteousness in other words when when do we exhibit righteousness when do we exhibit um good works when do we have fruits of the spirit when is there a harvest of righteousness? A harvest means abundance. When is there abundance of righteousness? It's when it's shown by, uh, shown by sown in peace by those who make peace. It's interesting, sometimes uh, the Pharisees and, and Neil on Wednesday nights has been walking us through uh, Matthew. And, uh, and even today, the context of what he was talking about was... Uh, these tests where people were trying to test Jesus, but, but we find in um, the Pharisees were never trying to make peace. It was constant bitterness and arguments, and it was trying to challenge one another. We have to make sure uh, that our zealousness for trying to do what's right and our zealousness for the truth and always trying to, Uh, say the truth we have to make sure that our it's seasoned with salt and that it's um sown in peace now peace doesn't mean that we're going to take a back seat and let false doctrine be taught or or um, false ideas be taught but we're going to handle things in peace we're not going to be um Trying to, um, we're going to look for common ground to bring somebody closer to the truth, not differences that drive wedges in the truth, if that makes sense. Um, We want to find the common ground where someone is and where their um, ideas. Remember how, um, what what was it, Apollos that was taken aside and shown more perfectly um, uh, the truth? And so um, we're, we're going to find common ground and to bring somebody closer uh, to the truth. I've covered a lot of different topics here in verses uh, 13 through 18, but any other comments on, on these verses? All right. Um, mercy kind of works both ways that way. In order for us to show mercy, we have to understand that we've received mercy. But we also are not going to receive mercy unless we show mercy. Uh, so it kind of works both ways. Just in closing, let me cover quickly chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and do, cannot attain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongfully to spend it on your passions. To me, this goes hand in hand with some of the things uh, that were mentioned earlier uh, that we talked about. Uh, Things that uh, we have to make sure that our passions are not causing us to sin. And that's what we said. uh, Let no one in James 1, let no one be say when he's tempted i'm tempted by god but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire but not only do our sin our passions pull us away from god what we're told here is those passions can also cause us to fight and squabble within each other in other words we may have our own interests our own desires of what how things should be and And uh, those um, ideas and those desires, um, if we don't get our way, in other words, that's what's causing uh, quarrels and uh, squabbles among us. Um, You know, if you look at the history of why sometimes churches split, a lot of times it's not over the the deep doctrines why uh, churches split and or why people hop from congregation to congregation it's it's because of uh, fights and squabbles of we're not getting our way Uh, so if we don't get things if things don't just if the elders don't make the decision that i want then we want to hop to a different uh congregation i don't know if that was occurring here in the book of james but something was occurring for james to say what's causing these fights and squabbles among you He's saying uh, to make sure it's not your passions, your desires. Uh, What's the biggest threat to my personal contentment? It's my passions or my coveting of what I don't have, me wanting something else. That's what's our biggest threat to our contentment. It's not if I just had this, I would be content. No, sometimes it's that desire that when we do get that, we want something else. We're we're constantly in a state of discontent. Uh, discontentment. Um, what was it, Paul, that said that? You know, he had learned um, in all states to be uh, content. He had learned uh, that uh, in First Peter chapter two, just. Um, a couple pages over in, our, in the way our Bible is laid out. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, um, we're told, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Um, why does he call them sojourners and exiles? It's because we're not going to be here long. We're not here long. So if we're not here long, let's, let's not get too attached to the things of this world. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war wage war against your soul. Uh, so we have to be careful and, and uh, check that, especially when we live in a country where we can get anything and um, obtain anything. Um, there's also this concept here in uh, verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So, uh, just in closing, would like for you to, to do some thinking over this next week. Why do we have, why do we not have, and how do we know if our prayer requests are in the lined up in God's will? How do we know if that's right? Uh, that's worth us thinking about. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father, as we come to you, we thank you for this opportunity we've had today to look at what is um, wisdom from above and help us this week uh, to live more like the people you want us to be. And it's through your son's name we pray. Amen.